Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 150 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was one of the greatest hardcore bands of all time, Terror. The song was called Sink to the Hell. It's off of their uh, their new 7-inch. They just dropped this week. Um, it was a surprise release on War Records. And it, 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 it includes some old songs that they recently re-released or released for the first time on a limited edition lathe cut seven inches, which you got to be a you got to really have your finger on the trigger to get shit like that. And I don't, so uh, hopefully I can get one of these seven inches. I got to get a bunch of stuff from War. Note to self: place an order from War Records uh, in the near future. You should as well, because there's a lot of good records on War Records. Enforced? Did you did you check out that Enforced EP or I'm sorry LP that came out a year or two ago? 
How about fixation? They're 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 a past guests of uh, of getting it out podcast. They had a they had a cool flexi, if I remember correctly, come out on war. Um, th- today's main main uh, this episode's main feature: reserving dirt naps. They're a seven inch another disaster out on War Records. War Records is uh, I think it's the dude from Strife, Andrew Klein from Strife. Uh, a couple Strife records on there as well. Okay, so uh, serious note to you and to myself: put in an order to War Records and uh, get some get some new music for your family <laughs> for Christmas. My seven year old is going to be really excited about my Sink to the Hell uh, seven inch. Uh, my my uh, my thirteen year old is going to be really excited about the Another Disaster seven inch. But hey, you know whatever. Everybody needs to listen. It's a family affair, right? Hey, so while I'm plugging stuff that I really like, Spirit World is releasing uh, Pagan Rhythms on uh, LP through Safe Inside Records. That that goes live today. It actually already is. If you got the secret code, you might have already ordered like I did. But um, if you don't, you can probably you might be able to go get a, get a record. Uh, you might not. It might might be sold out already. I hope it is not for you, not because I don't want you to get it. But just because I want that many people to want that record. Very good record. Pagan Rhythms. One of my favorite of the year. Absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite hardcore records of the year. One of my favorite records overall of the year. Top five, I'd say. So go buy Pagan Rhythms immediately if you can. If you still have the opportunity. I hope you don't. I hope you're too late. But if you aren't, go do it. Um, what else? Oh, uh, my buddy Ricky Armelino, who well, I'll have him on here shortly. He's got a new EP from his band Hawk that should be out today. Uh, he's been working on that shit for a long time. He plays in some other bands uh, that, that that do a lot of things, but this one is is his is his thing, and uh, I appreciate that about it. So I haven't heard it yet. I don't I don't know what it's gonna sound like, but you should go on Spotify and look up Hawk, their metalcore band, and check out whatever they put out tomorrow uh, today. As you're hearing this, uh, check it out. Okay, moving on. So as I mentioned, the main interview today is with Brandon Pierce of Reserving Dirt Naps. They recently released a 7-inch called Another Disaster on War Records, and we're going to talk all about that, all about Memphis Hardcore, name drop some of our friends, and, uh, you know, whatever other nonsense comes up. So, first, listen to the greatest thrash band ever from New Jersey, Hot Zone, do the Getting It Out podcast intro music, and then let's get into this. Damn, what's good all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone, back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. I said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, when they were sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, when they were sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Get it out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Rest in peace, Jay Money, and LFTW forever! Okay, so here we are, episode 150. 150, 150 weeks in a row, I have brought Getting It Out podcast straight to your ears. Lots changed in 150 weeks. A lot of things. Uh, some of the people that I was uh, talking about, hanging out with in the beginning of this whole podcast journey, they're fucking dead now. 
It sucks, but it's true. I moved. I got a different type of job. I got married. I have a stepdaughter. I, you know, what? what is the same from 150 episodes? I quit smoking. That's a big one. That's a cool one. Um, I can say for sure that one negative thing that changed is when I started doing the podcast back then, I used to be able to run like seven miles, no problem. I would just come home from I would come home from work, standing in a in a, working on machines, standing on concrete all day in steel toes, and then I would go outside and run for like seven fucking miles and come home, and then I would just like drink beers, smoke cigarettes, and watch the Sixers. It was a weird life, and uh, and I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I, I can't run seven miles. You couldn't you couldn't put a gun to my head and tell me to run seven miles, and I'd cry because. Um, not just because I couldn't do it, but I couldn't even muster up the, the energy to try to do seven miles. Seven miles, that's so far. And that's only half of a half marathon. That's a quarter marathon, right? Does it work like that? Is that how the math goes? I don't think so. But whatever, it's close. You know what I'm saying. And uh, and that seems really difficult now. Uh, I put in, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I still run, but I put in my little to-do list for the year. Like back in like fucking... I don't know, March, I thought, all right, well, I got to work back up to five miles. I still haven't checked that off. I think the farthest I got was four. And I was like, I can't go anymore. Can't do it. So what happened to me there? My my stamina as far as running uh, decreased it was significantly. Also, it doesn't help that I, that I work at a desk now. Didn't do that before. I don't go to work anymore. That's crazy. I work from home. I know that's not a 150 episode kind of thing, uh, but it's it's wild. Things are weird, man. Life is crazy. Uh, when this podcast started, on like the third episode, I was talking about celebrating the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. The, yeah, and now the Eagles are 3, 7, and 1, and still might win the division, but that's besides the point. That's, that's a fall from grace. In 150 episodes, the Eagles have gotten, as Charles Barkley would say, terrible. And uh, they're a disgrace. And, but I want to thank them for winning that Super Bowl because now I don't care that they suck. That's, that's the way it, it worked out that way. I don't care that the Philadelphia Eagles suck because they were really good one time. And that's, that's just a lot of, that's what it takes, man. When, when, you, when you keep the fans on edge for so many years like it did, was like 52 years. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't alive for all of them, but a significant amount of them. And, uh, and then you finally just let up and do, do, do as good as you can. You, you become the best. You win the Super Bowl. I don't need anything else from you. You go, you got like a ten-year grace period with me, uh, so so they're still on it. So I can relax and just just uh, laugh at how bad they are. But you know, maybe in 150 more episodes, it's going to be a problem. But we'll see. All right, so let's move on. So before we really get into the episode here, I wanted to bring up something that it's it's kind of an awkward thing to bring up, but I, I wanted to let you know about it anyway. Um, I started a Patreon for the podcast, not just for the podcast, for the website as well, uh, which. I can confidently say there is work, real work being done to get this thing out very shortly. But I, I did finally get the Patreon set up. And what the Patreon is for, of course, is a little bit of income for me for doing these types of things. Uh, I, don't, I don't expect a big return on it at all, but I thought it'd be nice to put out there. I'm real cheap about it, too. I put a, a $1 tier, a $2 tier, and a $3 tier. Each membership option has its own little perks. All of them include getting sent a sticker and a button from Getting It Out Podcast. You just got to leave your address or I'll reach out to you if you don't. Um, the second, I forget what the second tier gets you. I think it gets you uh, access to Getting It Out Radio. And the third option is going to get you the button, the sticker, 
access to getting it out radio, uh, future episode previews, which is which is where really just where you'll be able to see who's the, who the upcoming guests are, and uh, as well as the archives. I'm going to start archiving uh, some of the earlier episodes. There's no need to have all 150 episodes out there, so I think I'm going to rein some of those very early episodes in and put them on a put them on a archive basis. Uh, so I don't know. Go check that out. I know I mentioned getting it out radio there, and you don't know what that is yet. And I'm going to put out a getting it out radio episode uh, to the general public here shortly. That's just basically going to be uh, me playing songs, right? Me playing DJ, and uh, without without all this nonsense, without too much of this nonsense, a very limited amount of my my mouth, and mostly just me playing music that I want to share with you. That's really it. It's music that I want to share with you. It's not music that people send to me. Well, it might be, but most likely it's just going to be stuff that I think is cool and stuff that I want to share with you, new, old, uh, from the future. Yeah, I'll send I'll, I'll play futuristic music. You'll have to you have to pay to find out. That's that's on the $2 membership. Get in there and put your money in. I'll get you, I'll get it to you. I'll hook you up. When I get to time, I'm going to do it, all right? Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening there. So, if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast and uh, sign up. I much appreciate you even considering doing so. So check it out. Okay, so let's get on to my conversation with Brandon of Reserving Dirt Naps. Uh, we're going to talk about some time zones because that's about the way I always I always start these conversations with time zones or weather. It's a really easy icebreaker, you know. So, But sometimes I'm really surprised. Like, I didn't know Memphis was in the fucking central time zone. Are you kidding me? That's insane. Anyway, uh, you'll hear me explain that and anyway let's first let's play a song uh from reserving dirt naps before we get into the episode let's do the let's do the the lead off track off of another disaster it's called sleepless so check out sleepless and then listen to my conversation with brandon and enjoy Thank you. 
I'm doing good, man. Yo, I'm doing up, good. Man? Just chilling. Good. You know, I had fucking no idea that Memphis was Central Time until you just said 9 p.m. my time. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure I was ready to go. No, it's good. It's funny because I'm I'm usually pretty cognizant of that, you know. I like to check with everybody because I'm doing this shit all over the place. But here's how dumb I am. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 like I think I know my my United States geography pretty well, but it turns out I I'm all right, but not too good, you know. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like it, I just it just occurred to me maybe this past summer that you can live in North Carolina and uh, kind of be farther away from the beach than I am in Central Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, fucking. That's sure. that's insane to me. That doesn't that doesn't seem like that's that's a real possibility, but you know, <laughs> turns out it's true. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a Central Time. Yeah, so it's I'm just one hour behind you. Ah, so you it's eight eight <laughs> o'clock. The night is young over there. Yeah, that, yeah exactly, man. We're just we're just getting going here. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it can't be that exciting. It's a Monday night. You know. Yeah. So and, what's up, man? What do you uh, what's on the agenda? <laughs> shit, I don't know. You know, it's just just. Just how, however it happens. Um, that's the way I usually do things. I got some questions, of course. Um, I, I I usually try to start these things. Oh, we're, we're already recording, by the way. So, oh, that's fine. Yeah, so, so, so I, 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 don't, I started giving people a heads up. Um, I used to not do that. And then sometimes I'd have to go back and edit shit out because people would say some things and, you know, send me backwards. And like, oh, I didn't mean to put that there. Like, But, you know, just so yeah, you know. for sure. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I figure like I figure with something like this, as soon as I start talking, you know, I might as well assume it's being recorded. So. Yeah, and see, that was gonna, I, you don't want to fuck up good. the conversation either, because sometimes when you set it up too much, then you end up saying things that you know you you step on the conversation. For sure, I understand that. I was going to tell you, I went back and looked at some of the older episodes that you had. Yeah, and it was uh, it was funny that you talked to Ben uh, Ben Hutchison from. From uh, chemists. chemists, yeah, you know, yeah, because he's he's from North Mississippi, so you know, me and him kind of grew up around the same time, going to shows in Memphis and everything. Oh, that's awesome! Because he was he was literally the first actual like guest I had. Yeah, I was just scrolling way back through it when I saw his name. I thought that was pretty interesting, so I checked that episode out. No, nah, it's cool. That's I I can't imagine what that one sounds like now, being that that was like me trying to figure shit out. You know, that was like that was in the twenties, so that's 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 a few a few years ago now. So yeah, who yeah, knows? Who knows cool. what the fuck that sounds like? But that's cool. That's cool. I've I've, yeah, I, I've been surprised. I feel like um, uh, you you probably know a couple other fellows I've had on here though. You mentioned Stu, uh, Spirit World Folsom Stu before. I assume uh, you know him because yeah, he seems to know everybody. So I assume you're familiar with Stu. Yeah, when I was uh, when I was coming up going to shows here in Memphis, um, anytime Folsom came through, it would a lot of times be Folsom and Clutch Fist. Mm-hmm. Or like Folsom and Fight Like Hell and Clinch Fist and Dead City. I think that was maybe one show. But uh, yeah, Folsom was always just super hard. Everybody went and just into total like animal mode when they played. It was fun. Yeah, I feel like they they didn't. I'm sure they did, but it felt like they didn't come to Pennsylvania or Baltimore where I was at for a time for a while. And then once they did, they came on one tour and then they played in the area like seven dates in like a two week period. <laughs> so, so I really got to know those guys and uh, and uh, particularly Matt, but but Stu as well, of course. But I, but Matt, since you said full of hell, Matt, or no, I'm sorry, fight like hell. When Matt yeah. Matt Matt Shrum always had this story that I didn't remember, but he told me that uh, I came up to them 
at a show somewhere in central Pennsylvania, like some mountain place. And I was all hammered. And I walked up to him and was just like, hey, uh, I just want to tell you that I love your band because you have the worst fucking name that I've ever that I've ever heard of. Oh, and what I, the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I don't remember that at all, but uh, that sounds sounds like it happened. <laughs> That's terrible, man. Yeah. Just walk up and tell somebody that. Ah, you know, I lacked a filter for a time. You know? No, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, so... So anyway, I don't I think you. I, was a good name. I I don't know. I don't know what my beef with it is. I have no idea. No, it's all good. Cool band though. <laughs> definitely a. No, definitely they were badass, man. I don't, I don't know if they had more than was there more records than Rabbit as Wolves. I don't know, but anyway, we don't need to talk about other people's band. Let's talk about your band. Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's all it's all intertwined though, because if I hadn't, you know, seen like Fight Like Hell and Clinch Fist and Dead City and you know a lot of other bands even though even though fight like hell wasn't from memphis they were you know by proxy it just felt like they were memphis bands sometimes yeah and uh you know if i hadn't seen all those shows coming up i wouldn't be in reserving dirt naps and we wouldn't be talking right now i don't think so there you go uh, that's that's a good way i'm glad glad we were already touching on some of that stuff from the beginning well good but i am too because i wanted to talk to you about that stuff anyway so let's just go into that anyway um first of all how old are you if you don't mind me asking i'm 35 35. Okay. So I'm, I'm 35 for another, um, three hours. So, um, right. <laughs> so, so, so we're the same age, right? Um, oh, so tomorrow, tomorrow's your birthday. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Thank then. you. Thank you. This was my birthday present to myself was a conversation with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went cheap. Um, I'll make it, we'll, we'll make it worth it. All right. That sounds good. So, so, so but I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Memphis hardcore specifically because, I can only think of two bands, and you've mentioned them a couple times already. One, of course, is Clenched Fist, which I feel like that would be most people's go-to for Memphis hardcore. The other one is, and I, they came up uh, recently. I mentioned them recently when somebody asked, like, what was one band that you saw at some random show that you weren't expecting, didn't know shit about, and were totally blown away by? And that was Dead City. When Dead City played oh, yeah. up, played up, uh, played up around, around Harrisburg here in Pennsylvania. I don't know with who. I don't remember anything else about about the show other than that it was Dead City, and they had a three song uh, CD in a slipcase that that had like quotes from uh, clips from the uh, Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman. Is that is that what his name was? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. That was it. That was it. It was on the end of the third song on the EP. Yeah, yeah, and I and I and I love yeah. that CD. I just yeah. saw it the other yeah. day in my collection. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was like the Iceman, and he. Uh... He was like, everything I have is gone. Everything I love is gone or whatever. It was like super, super, super eerie. It's super hard too, you know. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess it's a scary, fucked up human being. Uh, yes, totally. Um, but so. F- yeah, that, th- that three song, I think it, there was like a 10 inch uh, vinyl version of it too. Oh, like I never some, saw that. Uh, it had like a Russian, it had like a Russian prisoner on the yeah, front of it. Yeah, it was yeah. like an or- orangish kind of layout and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, that's so that that was the, but those the, when I think of Memphis hardcore other than you guys now, those are the only two two bands that I can think of. And I'm sure I'm I'm sure I'm missing a, a bunch. So, um like f- so just for you personally, where did you are you from Memphis? Is this where you grew up? Yeah. I grew up in this this smaller city called Bartlett, like outside of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think like the high school that I went to it was a private high school, but it was in Memphis proper. And I ended up going to play football at Memphis. So I would say when I actually 
moved into Memphis when I was like 18 to start going to Memphis, you okay. know, like for summer school and football and all that kind of shit. And then I've been in, living here basically since then. So I've, you know, been inside the city for, you know, 17 some odd years. Nice. Well, so, so then what, what was your introduction to the hardcore scene to, I mean, maybe Memphis, but in general, what was your introduction to hardcore scene, the hardcore music, all, all this? And it's funny because the first, uh, the first show I ever went to, that was probably something that was at least like off the beaten path more so would be like a local showcase with like more like, um, like kind of like your typical like Godsmack ripoff type bands and yeah, then like yeah. some rap core type shit. And that was probably like in 1999 or 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. If that, like sh- if that show would have been here, yeah, I would have been at too. That's, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I was probably like 15 <laughs> years old maybe or yeah, something. But then eventually, right. eventually we saw like more shows like that. And then um, there were the High Tone, which is a venue that's been around in Memphis for quite a long time. It was still at the popular location over by the zoo. And this isn't really like a, what I would even call a hardcore show per se, but it was like, it was like, uh, this is funny to me now. It was uh, this day forward and like Thursday and murder by death or something. And I couldn't get any, I didn't know anybody at the show. I just went by myself. Yeah. And then um, basically I found like back then, you know, there was no social media. So there was like some website called our Memphis.net. And I like me and my friend found it and we're like, Oh my God, there's like a, a forum on here and all these flyers and everything. So eventually there were a bunch of bands that were on the way to furnace fest and this big fest, we, we call it a fest, whatever, a bigger show got booked at this place called newbies. that was on Highland and man, it was like unearth and a life once lost and full blown chaos. And man, I can't even remember who else played, but it was the first time I'd ever seen like bands that were that heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Like, you know, with people like dancing like properly, like in a hardcore show or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And then some, a couple more months went by. So this would be like around the fall of 2003 and hoods and clinch fist played at the caravan, which was like a, like a true all ages, like DIY spot. And when I went to that show, I would say just for, you know, like the more New York influence, like modern hardcore, the harder shit. That mm-hmm. was probably the first time I ever really went to a proper hardcore show. All right, so we're, we're about we're about in the same same time frame there. I might have got in a little bit earlier, but not not by much. And and it's funny, like to say like the uh, like uh, what we considered what what the, well what 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 fell under the umbrella of hardcore shows back then was so much more broad it's weird i I, I gotta make sure i phrase this right because it's weird because people are definitely way more open-minded now about what what's considered hardcore whether i like that or not that's you know that's that kind of seems to be the way it is now but back then like you mentioned a whole bunch of bands that were not necessarily hardcore but they played hardcore shows you know they were considered hardcore bands like like this day forward, like unearth the life once lost, full blown chaos. All of them sound completely different. Hoods, the, none of those bands sound the same entirely, but it was all somehow hardcore music. And uh, yeah, and that I'll seemed to go away for a while. Quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think one thing that was good. I don't even you know know what to make of it, but just at the time when I was growing up, going to shows here, this would just happen. Um, there was another band called Bury the Living that they had a couple of records on Prank. 
out of out of Texas, mm-hmm. and they were like a a really really fast, you know, sometimes like a negative approach, like infest kind of you know like fast core. Like there was the the first time I ever saw like somebody hit like a proper blast beat yeah. in real life was at a show with, again with which was like uh, some metalcore bands, and then like bury the living like randomly being on the show, and me being like a younger kid and not really knowing like what they were or what the fuck was even going on. Just know they were playing super fast and they were really tight. And, uh, the drummer steel he hit the blast beat type shit. And they, you know, they played like a 30 second song and I'd never even seen anybody do anything like that live. So when <laughs> yeah. it happened, I was just like, what the fuck? Like I, you know, cause I, I don't know, man, it just, you didn't just kind of like stumble upon like a hundred grindcore records on a day back then. <laughs> it, right, you right. would have to look for the stuff for a long time. Well, that's a, you, so it was cool because I mean, growing up in Memphis, I mean, there was like you know, like a lot of different styles of hardcore, really. I mean, yeah. and there was like a whole other group of bands like that was then that played more of kind of like a youth crew oriented, you know, like it was hard, it had like a hard edge to it, but there was a lot more like people like getting up front, like singing along, and like a little bit more of a. I don't even know. I'm hesitant to say some bands because some bands have gotten like canceled, so you don't really want to associate them with what you're thinking of. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just a more positive, you know, kind of like encouraging vibe as opposed to everyone's going to get murdered when Marauder plays. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. The, well, so so for for you, like you you mentioned that, and I and I've and I've noticed you're a rather large guy, right? Uh, and and you mentioned you play football. And, um, yeah, that's true. I can't deny it. Yeah. So, all right. So here's, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm as big as you, but, but I myself was also, uh, well, I, I use it in quotations, an athlete, um, because it wasn't much, much of one, but I was, you know, I could play, I played basketball the whole way until I graduated high school. Like, you know, and, yeah. uh, but I also was going to hardcore shows. I was into punk rock, hardcore, heavy metal, but I also lived in that jock world too. Like I was the, the guy that wasn't supposed to be going to the ship, but I was there anyway, and fuck them, I'm still here now. So I guess I, I did matter, but but you yeah. know, how, so how did did you find yourself uh, walking those two same paths as well? Like you know, be, being like not not necessarily being uh, the quote unquote outcast that everybody from hardcore pretends to be, and also finding yourself in this music, or were you legit? You know? Yeah, I think when you're younger, than maybe like the the outcast stuff, like maybe you kind of like really grab onto that, even if it may not be as dramatic as it actually is in your regular life. But right. You know how it is just in general being into like more obscure or random things, whether it's art or music or anything like that. If uh, to this day, whether I was in an athletic environment or even just like a regular environment, if somebody's asking you what the difference between hardcore and punk rock and, and death metal and all, and all these like dumb little subgenre tags that we have are that that's almost like an impossible explanation anyway. Yeah. So then like in an athletic environment, you know, a lot of times people are just like, Oh, you just worship the devil and (laughs) you like to listen to like loud music that like school shooters listen to or something. And you're just like, no, like what the fuck? Right. Right. Like Like, that's ministry. That's not happening right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, what else can you do? It's like, no, dude, like, what the fuck? Man? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like everybody else, is, I mean, especially like in a football environment, a lot of times, um, you know, ma- mainly you're listening to a lot of like, uh, whatever, you, I guess you'll just call it trap nowadays. It's just like, you know, like, man, every song we've listened to for the last like seven weeks 
it's just about shooting motherfuckers. So I don't really want to hear anything <laughs> about like <laughs> this bolt thrower song. I want to listen to. Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, me- I remember some some uh, long bus rides where you know they'd be they'd take over the stereo and just play whatever you know whatever it was. It was early two thousands for me. So it was I, I, don't, I don't remember what was. I don't. Maybe it was Nelly. I don't know what was happening there, but but yeah, it's just you know a little excruciating sometimes. And uh, but but still, fuck it. It was. I'm, I'm I'm I personally have always been very glad that I was able to experience both sides of that. You know, like of uh, I don't know what, what would you call that, like popular kid culture, and also the the other side. You know, the the weirdos. Like I, I was glad to be able to go between crowds. Like I feel like it gave me a, a really good perspective. And uh, something that a lot of people could have used. Yeah. It's also funny, too, that, like, um, I don't know, man. Like, if you're in a locker room, it's, like, a totally different dynamic that might seem weird to a lot of people. But, you know, when they're like, oh, we're going to throw the throw the white dudes a bone today and play, like, country music on Wednesdays or some shit. You're like, bro, I don't really want to listen to, like, modern-day pop country, man. Right. Like, I, I don't really understand. It's all good. Like, I, I fucking, I'd rather just listen to <laughs> just whatever weird like uh see that like when i was in college man that was back when like you know people were like swinging banging in the in the tall white tees and shit like that, that oh was, right yeah yeah stuff. it was it was a lot of like a uh, atlanta you know like choreographed oh, i believe they called it hot lana yeah yeah hot, the, all that kind of stuff was going on <laughs> that's the funny young franchise boys like all that kind of shit it's funny you say that because when i was when I was in college, I went to this college called uh, Penn Tech. It was in, it was really in like the literally the middle of Pennsylvania, which is just rural shit, right? And there was a, but there's this, it's in this city called Williamsport, and Williamsport is where they have the Little League World Series every year, which is really sad that all these, <laughs> all these kids come from all over the world to the Little League World Series in shitty Williamsport, Pennsylvania. I just wonder, like the ones who come from like far off countries they're like oh we're finally going to america and then they get here and they're like this fucking sucks but anyway the this this little town um there was this there was this gang this mythical gang that hung out there called the white t-shirt gang (laughs) because they had the long white tees and then they would come into college parties and just beat up the students and (laughs) it's just a it's just a you know you say the you know being in college and the long white tees the tall tees it's just exactly what i think of is just getting kids getting beat up by guys in tall (laughs) t-shirts and keg parties sounds like a sounds like a lot of hardcore shows i've been to (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much felt like home at the time ah man Uh, so 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 you get into all that back then and when do you when do you start making music? Oh man, yeah. So, so I, I was never like in a band. I don't really think to see here until I joined Reserving Dirt Naps at any point. And then like there was one, there was a seven inch that got put out. There was just like a you know like a Memphis Little Rock seven inch that was that was then and cut the tension did a split. And I remember I did guest vocals on a cut the tension song called Priest, which again that was probably like in. I want to say that was like an 04 or 05 maybe. I can't remember exactly what year that was. Yeah. And then I went on this Mammoth Grinder Dead City tour in 2010. And there were like a couple times at the end of like Dead City set when Jerry would like have me finish out the end of a song. I think it was for NBS. And then fast forward a little bit later and Paul had already been trying to 
get reserving Derek Nats going with like a couple different people. I tried to play bass and found out that I, I could play a little bit, but not nearly even remotely close enough to what it would take to like play in a band, which I was like, fuck, okay, well, got to practice more. And then some time went on and then I ended up trying to do the vocals, even though I'd never been in a band before. So yeah. I just went for it and you know, like it's obviously, I would say the easiest thing to try to do between playing drums or guitar or bass. So I just went with the vocals and here we are. I did that too. Well, all right. No, I tried to play guitar when I was in high school and by I tried to play guitar, I put in the least amount of effort possible and I quit, which is kind of just, that was kind of my thing then, you know, like I tried, I can't do it. And, and then years later I did, I did end up singing for a band and we did some stuff, but I think it sucks. Right. I think it's hard as hell. So like, was that a, was it, that yeah, a, it is, it is pretty hard. It is like, I don't, I don't think people who do it well get enough credit. The, the, the guys that like have been doing this shit just off the top of my head, the guys have been doing it, you know, day after day for years and years and years. Scott Vogel, for example, I, how the fuck is that possible? I don't, I don't understand it. The, I, 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 I can't wrap my head around. It. I couldn't do, I would have trouble doing two shows, you know, back to back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. fact that people can tour oh, well. like this is insane. Yeah, or like when you see like Human Furnace, like from Ringworm Live, mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck? Like, how the fuck does this dude's voice sound like that? It's incredible. <laughs> so how long did it take for you to to break in and get uh, comfortable with it? Man, I would I would say quite a while, to be honest with you. Because there would, you know, like just to even be able to like physically do it and not drop a ton of lines and then also try to move around and try to have any kind of stage presence at all and just work on all that at once. I mean, it's, um, I would say it took a couple years. Like to really get where I thought I was, I don't know, more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. So you're, where you're not even really focused on it as much and just, I don't know, it's almost like a like a subconscious thing at that point. Right. And so so you guys, when did, when did you guys start uh, putting out records? When, when did that actually start rolling out? I want to say that the first EP that we put out was in 2014. I always get, I always forget if we released it in the end of 2013, like right there at the end of the year, or if it was at the beginning. But basically, we were we got enough songs together to go record a demo. Then we recorded the demo with our with our guy Alan Bertram that we've we've you know recorded all of our material with him. We went and recorded the demo. It came out really good. Like you know, he knew what he was doing. It sounded really good, and we were like, "Well, shit, this sounds better than like a demo really would." So fuck it, let's just go ahead and just make this a proper EP make sure we got it mixed right got it you know mastered all that kind of thing so that was the first self-titled ep that was like in 14 and then um we put the part two like just the second batch of songs out the ep like in 16 i believe and then we ended up doing uh the collaboration thing with tom ski mask in 2018 and then we ended up putting the the most recent seven inch out on more records than other disaster seven inch that was this year and that's the one I want to talk about most, but I want to I, w- I want to go back a little bit to that uh, to that thing with Tom Ski Mask. What is that? I, I don't know this guy, but I saw this. I listened to these songs. These songs are cool. Where, where did this collaboration yeah. come from? Man, so Tom is uh, just like you know, like a, one of those just kind of like OG Memphis gangster rapper guys. Man, like he's been rapping in Memphis since the early '90s. Um, if you ever get into Memphis rap, you know, there's been a lot of legendary producers you know, throughout the history of, of Memphis rap music and the style and everything. So, you know, obviously a lot of people know who DJ Paul is, but you know, people like DJ Zerk and then the guy that was doing the, the beats for Tom at the time, DJ squeaky, 
you know, he did a solo tape with him. And then later he put out this, this LP called too wild for the world. That would be like, you know, what most people know him for. So there's like, you know, there's seriously like a hundreds of, of Memphis rappers. Like it's just obscene, like the amount of material that comes out, comes out of the city. Yeah. So we played a show that skinny at the high tone put together and it was Tommy Wright the third and Tom ski mask and us and broke which was like a noise rock kind of band at the time. And then this other band called Chickasaw Mound or something like that, which was like a garage rock type band. It was a weird combination of stuff. And this was right around the time we released our second EP. So this is like in 2000. Yeah, I guess it was December of 2017, technically, is when, we, when all this happened. But and I'm trying to remember, dude. It's, I, I'll tell you what, working from home over the last couple of months, my... my perception of like time and the years has gotten so screwy but same here but i love it and um (laughs) yeah we play the show and you know you play a show with people and they're always like we should do something together we should work on something whatever so you know tom was like we should do a song together and we were like okay well that could be cool We'll, we'll see you know if we're even serious about it or if he's serious whatever so some time went by he was serious about it he was kind enough to like, you know, sit down and talk through the whole idea with us. And basically we took the intro that we had on part two. Um, it's just the self-titled reserving dirt. Taps. You know, it's just like a song, yeah. like, you know, it's just like, let's just get everybody fucking tuned up. Let's play the fucking track. Let's, you know, let's go. And, uh, we used that one. And then the blood on the wall song that has Patrick from Queensway on the seven inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used that too. So, Reserving Dirt Naps had already been released. We basically did a remix and just let Tom rap over some parts on that. And then the Blood on the Walls track hadn't been used at all yet. So I just didn't sing like in two spots. And then we were like, all right, Tom, well, on this spot right here, you just do what you're going to do. And then at this part down here at the end, you just, you know, do what you feel like doing. Him and Paul hashed it out, you know, got everything squared away with some feedback here and there. And it turned out really cool, man. It's, it's really not something I ever would have anticipated doing as far as just having like somebody rap over the kind of music that we make, but it, yeah. it turned out really, really cool. It's been, it's been weird because a lot of people, that's like the, the main way that they found out about us, which is, you know, I'll, I'll take it, you know, right. I'm not on it at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but it's, it, no, it is, it is cool. And it's, um, it does sound good. And that's the, I don't know I, what, what I would have appreciated about watching you guys from a distance here from afar is that you're, uh, you guys don't seem to really give a fuck about uh, living up to us or uh, fitting in with a standard or doing things the way that they're supposed to be done or, you know, quote unquote, supposed to be done <laughs> in hardcore. And, and, and I mean that as a compliment because I hate the, <laughs> I hate the standard shit. I'm so fucking like, all right, you and I are the same age. We've been doing this whole thing for about the same amount of time. We've seen it all a hundred times. It's nice when somebody fucking mixes it up every now and then, you know, just, a, just a little bit. That's all. That's all I need. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I, when you're trying to think of the things that you're going to do, I, it's not that you, I mean, you want people to like it. Because, like, you know, if you spent yeah, that that's much the whole time point. Yeah. on anything and everybody thought it was a piece of shit, obviously it would bother you. You know right. what I mean? But uh, at the same time, yeah, like when you're sitting around trying to think about the music that you want to make or the styles that you want to try to, like, bring to people you know some of it's just got to be what you think is interesting you know or whatever you think makes sense and then you know when it resonates with people obviously that's like the 
one of the coolest parts about it, you know, whether if it's somebody that you already know, or even, you know, especially if it's a stranger who has no real reason to be anything other than just brutally honest about how they feel about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, and what then I also appreciate is that how you come around this time with uh, your next record, another answer, which just came out this year or another disaster, sorry. And you just go straight forward and do exactly, you know, like what, what I assume you guys set out to do with this band. And, um, is it is it four or five songs? What is it? It's, it's just four. It's just four. All right, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. And it's and like you said, you came out on War Records, which is Andrew from Strife, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, they came out back in August. So it's funny. See, I already I always make up these. I make up a little sheet for myself when I talk to people, right? And uh, you and I had messaged months ago. I think it was about doing this yeah so i had so apparently when i wrote this it was it must have been back in august because it still has your release date as like coming up so 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 i'm glad we're finally doing this by the way but uh but yeah, yeah so this, i'm not i'm not trying to sound ridiculous but i, I don't like loose ends you know what i mean so <laughs> no, 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 I, just, no. I just saw that it was i saw it was still there and i was like you know me and this guy took the time to hit each other up we should sit down and talk you trust me I, mean? I, and I, I wasn't even kidding that i already have the fucking image done the whole like yeah. logo for the episode has already been done for months just sitting yeah. there it just never got to it um but anyway the uh so you you had this record come out it's it's really straightforward it's done really well which is again a simple but important and easy thing to fuck up with hardcore music like just a, a, a four-song, straightforward seven-inch of good, heavy hardcore. It's it sounds like it should be an easy thing to do, but not a lot of people, not a lot of bands pull it off well. Um, they get too frilly, or I don't know, I don't know what it is. But why why do you think that these four songs work so well on another disaster? I think Paul always does a really good job of just like arranging a song as a whole. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it, it's to your point, it's really hard to write a lot of good riffs, but then also have good, like, transitions between the riffs, and then also how you're going to, like, build tension and then, like, you know, close things out, or if you want to start things full bore from the beginning, et cetera. So, I don't know, man. Paul's been writing music like this for a long-ass time. He was playing, you know, with clenched fists since he was basically a kid. Yeah. And I think that he just knows what he likes, and then he knows the formula and then he's good at he's good at like you know getting the people in there that can you know keep up with this kind of style because not everybody's built or interested in playing drums the way you would play drums in these songs and uh you know it just to your to your point it's a simple formula in a sense because a lot, we don't even use the leads man like it's not <laughs> like we have like a set we, it's not like we have a section where Somebody's gonna like rip a solo over it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So you didn't have to write you didn't you didn't have to write another riff to keep somebody interested to switch it up. So, you know, I think there's times where we have like a lot of abrupt changes and things like that. And sometimes we're comfortable enough in the quality of what's happening to like just let it ride for a second, you know? And then maybe it's on me to kind of switch it up a little bit with the vocal patterns or do something different on my end to just keep kinda like I don't know, just keep the wheels turning, keep people engaged. And uh, all of us like music that has longer s sections or arrangements or things like that, but we just try to keep it as lean as possible with the songs. Well, lean, lean's, a, lean's a good way to, to, to put it, because, 
I mean, like even I know I'm having a hard time articulating, or either of us are whatever about how you know it's hard to make. But but fuck it, this hardcore is as for as simplistic of a genre it is. Not everybody does it well, you know, and and especially when you want to be he- especially when you want to be heavy, right? So you guys are clearly a heavier band, a heavy on the heavier side of hardcore, but for sure. But you're but you're not sluggish either. Um, yeah, I, a, I think, and a lot of times that's the, where you lose last me. Four songs, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think with these last four songs, the tempos were a lot higher in some parts. You know, like we really, really were hauling ass on quite a few things. And I think another thing about Paul's breakdowns, man. Um, they, like even when he was in Clinch Fist, it's always been this way. So it's nothing different. It's just, it's one of the main reasons that, you know, like even when I knew that he was trying to do something like reserving dirt naps because it was his idea, along with Josh, our original bass player. Like when they were trying to get it going, mm-hmm. it's just you know Paul's Paul's breakdowns and like the more mid tempo stuff, they always have just like this ridiculous swing to them or like a rhythm to them, and you you really they really just kind of like get you moving, man. Like, you know, I don't know if you, it's just like, you know, you put on something heavy like that and you just can't help, but like, you know, you're just like throwing your shoulders, man. Like, it's just like, <laughs> the shit's hard. And so he, he's always been just the kind of, for, for our little part of the world, you know, he's just the master of that shit. You know, I got a problem with bands like that right now, like you guys right now, because if I, the, the very rare times I do make it out to hardcore shows, well, of course that doesn't happen at all right now. But when, when I do, and I'm there, and I just want to stand there and be a responsible adult. And then there's like music that that makes me like I, I don't even like getting the feeling anymore. I won't do it. I will stand by that I won't do it. But I don't even like getting the feeling of this would be a good idea because I know it's not. Yeah. I know it's not a good idea. But every now and then, you know, I get you get me too drunk at a Wisdom and Chain show or something, and then suddenly I think I need to be out there again. The, but yeah, then it's just dog, then it's just dog time. No, yeah, no, I, I can't do it anymore. It's not allowed. It's, I don't. I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but it's probably it's probably my favorite aspect about shows, man. You know, because like, um, yeah, I play play shows with reserving dirt naps, obviously, and then I book stuff with Memphis Underworld. You know, like when stuff comes through here, whatever, yeah. whatever style it is. But yeah, it's just it's good to be able to go out and cut up and you know just enjoy being out and watching some bands and shit, man. That's probably not even as like a career thing it's just it's good to it's like one of my favorite experiences to have as a, as a person that's being alive so you know throughout this year of 2020 it's been uh it's been kind of boring at times not being able to go do that every every couple months yeah i hear uh, I, I i gotta say I mean, my wife and i were just talking about this maybe yesterday um i i've been <laughs> i mean i know this sucks for a lot of people but i've been totally cool with this whole situation because I, yeah. I, n- I never thought I'd get the chance to work at home, and I haven't been to work since March. I mean, you know, like I think this is great. Like as far as like personally, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I never got to spend more time with my kids, uh, but yeah, but but that, it's that same. stuff's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and and I mean, I know we've been fucking up lately and having ourselves little super spreader events here at the house with the having people over and shit. But uh, whatever, we'll lock down here, I guess, for the holidays. But um, but I do, but I. I when I think about it, though, I don't know that I went to any shows this year before we all got locked down or we all got shut down. I don't know. I, 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 I want to say maybe I did. But anyway, but this would be obviously the first year of my life that I didn't, that I haven't gone to shit, which is a really weird thing. 
That's you know yeah, that's, that's I, hard yeah, to it's imagine. Weird, it's weird to think about. Uh, in January, we played here with Enforced and Red Death, mm-hmm. which is like you know that was a good show. Yeah. And then in February, we went and played LDB, and that was obviously like a really really good fest. You know, it's probably one of the coolest fest that I've been to in a while. So like we played that and then the COVID stuff happened. They canceled the tour that we had with um with Unreal City. And uh yeah, I mean, you know, for for good reason. It's like, you know, there hasn't been shit going on because it's obviously you don't want to play games with stuff that you don't know the, the whole facts about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you man. Uh I've been working from home since March as well. There's a lot of upside to it, definitely at the house with my wife and my dogs much more frequently, which I enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, it's but good to go to a show. Maybe, you, maybe you see reserve your dirt naps one day and get the urge to go crazy. Yeah, just <laughs> while, out, while out for 15 yeah. or 20 minutes, you feel good. I regret so, it. Regret the, the, for the next couple of days, but you know, that's all right. It's, it's worth it. Um, <laughs> to, so I, I, oh, I, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the, the record cover. For another disaster, is there any significance here between the spider, the web, the dice, the snake eyes, anything, or is this just what looks cool? Know. You know what? That's a good question. Um, when uh, Linus Garces did the album cover, yeah, we we tried to like give like anytime we collaborate with people, like visually on artwork, things like that, like we try to give them free reign, but then the typical things that we try to ask people to avoid would be like guns and knives and <laughs> weaponry and Thuggery. like clips and yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, like I put, I put the picture of the gun on the cover of like the Tom ski mask tape, but it's cause Tom had this line where he's like, you know, look at us wrong. So keep that Glock. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy. Like it's fucking wild. Whatever. Right. I wouldn't normally do this, but I'll put this on here. But yeah, I mean, if people get like a hard ass vibe from the band, I'm not going to apologize for that or think that's stupid. Clearly, that's the goal. Yeah. But um, yeah, as far as, far as just like like corny like wangster imagery, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, man, we're toting fucking hundred round drums daily. You know, like that's not really <laughs> the vibe that we're going for. So, um, so I don't know. So we're like, hey, let's go for this, man. Like, just don't put any like thugged out goofy shit on here we'll see what happens so he sent like a sketch of the spider and we were like oh that's cool hell yeah man i you know i a lot of times i'll do like some photoshop type stuff but he's like a true artist you know he can truly draw yeah illustrate like create things so we were like just go with it man and um you know he ended up putting that really cool uh drop shadow on the reserving dirt naps which is like a small thing yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kind of looked like a like a Jason, like a Friday the Thirteenth, right? Like crazy, a movie thing, like yeah. theatrical 3D drop shadow thing. So we thought that was cool, and we were like, "Well, dude, you know, you got the spider and this other shit. If you want to just keep running with this, almost kind of like pseudo B movie drive-in, kind of like '80s, you know, kind of vibe that's going here. You know, feel free, do what you want. You know, he ended up throwing the dice on there, and uh, I think with the title like another disaster and you know, obviously you've got a, a game of chance going on with the dice and it's how you roll and you know, the web and all that kind of stuff. I, th- I think it all came together really cool, man. I thought it was, I thought it was nice. Yeah. It, 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 it looks great. And he, if, of course he's, he's, I mean, well known in this and in, in hardcore art for doing art for hardcore bands. Um, it's funny. Um, 
he lives maybe he still lives in Baltimore. I don't know around around Baltimore. Um, but and I I don't know him for shit, right? But I know who he is. And because uh, I guess it was I guess it would have been last summer. My wife and I were at a Smashing Pumpkins concert in like Columbia, Maryland, or something. And I saw him in the. <laughs> I just saw him standing. He was standing like right near us, and like you know, being real goofy with my wife. I was like, I don't think you realize who you're standing next to right now. That is, that is the guy who draws everything, and you know, for hardcore for you know like thirty years now. He's definitely he's definitely made his mark, you know. And that's that's a it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to have like these. It's not weird. I mean, it's it's cool to to have uh, these people that do things and. The hardcore scene, I'm sure, in other other music scenes too, but that uh, have the have a place. Like you know that guy, uh, we all we, we all know his art. You know, I don't know. It's just a it's interesting character, I should say. Yeah, I totally agree because, like, I'd already made some art, which was good. There wasn't anything wrong with it. But when Andrew told us that he usually used Linus for the art, I was like, well, fuck whatever I made. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we need to we need to see what he can do. I mean, right. like that's are you kidding me? Like. Yeah, like to your point, he he's already done a ton of stuff. Um, when I was younger, I would listen to Hope Conspiracy quite a bit, and I always thought that their art was really really cool. So yeah, I, I thought you know not 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 to sound like a stupid pun, but yeah, like let's, let's roll the dice, like let's t- take a chance on it and see what he does. <laughs> and then he ended up you know drawing the spider and all that shit, and even just like the whole layout of the seven inch in general, like it's just the whole thing. It just looks professionally done because it was done by a fucking pro, you know. I mean, it just that that was the that was one of the nicest things about the whole experience of putting the seven inch out with War. Anyway, you know, it's like he's doing the art, Andrews, you know, helping us out, putting the record out, you know, helping us out with like promoting the shit, getting it like at nerds over in Japan, Japan. Yeah. and at Cortex in Europe, and like you know, like that's. You can't put a price on that kind of stuff, man. That's that's a, that's. I, I'll never, I'll never forget that. That's that's cool, you know. Hopefully no, that, that's that's all very cool. Changes and maybe we can go overseas and play. Who who knows what'll happen? And if we never do, uh, this dude helped get our records over there, and I hope somebody picks it up and listens to it and wonders where the fuck is Memphis, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just like I do. Like, you know, Just like I do. The entire, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, <laughs> It's kind of like the mission of the band. If you can make somebody wonder where the fuck is Memphis, Tennessee. Then... If you can make somebody realize that Memphis is in the central time zone, then you did it. And, <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that yeah. you, you did it. You achieved yeah. that goal. Mission, uh, mission, mission accomplished. Yeah. Break up now. Um, no, the, but but you guys did. I was gonna I was gonna mention that. So you work with Linus. You you have Andrew uh, Klein from like we said Strife and War Records putting out the record. You you had it mixed right or mixer mastered whatever with with a uh, boat right who does like everybody's so, shit. Yeah. So our guy Alan uh, our guy Alan recorded it, engineered it, mixed it, and then we yeah, which is basically what we've been doing. So Alan will do all that stuff, and then yeah, Brad um, mastered all the stuff that we put out. So yeah, that's what what I was what I was getting to is like you hit these. You've, you've clearly got um, you're working with well known, reputable, good people that know what they're doing, and that's I don't know that that just makes it all a lot easier. And uh, and, and and the product speaks for itself. You guys clearly uh, know what you're doing, um, but I, I've noticed this, and you've you've probably been asked this before, but. But what is it? Three, four, four EPs now, but no records. Is that because 
it's hardcore and it's best in an EP, or you just haven't you just haven't done it yet? It's a good question. I don't, you know, I don't even know how intentional the EPs were. I think it was just like, well, that's. I mean, this is what we've managed to get together uh, given the circumstances. Now, between the second EP, I'm trying to remember this correctly. All right, so we we ended up getting a different drummer and a different bass player at a certain point and that happened after the recording of the tom ski mask collaboration Mm -hmm. so i do think that the lineup change at that point kind of impacted maybe how much longer it would have taken to write a few more songs here or there but uh i don't know but we did i'll put it this one man with with us putting out essentially three eps and then the collaboration thing because it was really just you know two songs we'll just call it that or whatever um yeah i think the next move for us to the next step is just to put a proper fuller together you know now how long that'll take or what i'm not sure i know we, we have one song that's pretty much done already i know paul has like maybe like one or two other ones mapped out but yeah i think the next step is definitely just to, to make a proper full length. it's about time that's fair enough why well, hey I, I, I got all right a couple more things i want to ask you and then, then then we'll cut this off but um Sure. Couple, couple real, real basic things that I'm just curious about. Um, it's wh- all right. What, what is your? Uh, oh, no, yeah. All right, save that one for later. What is your? What is your favorite thing about being in a band? I think actually just performing the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? That to like, me, that was the worst part. The... <laughs> I hated. Yeah, that. no. Actually, I, I enjoyed doing it. Man. Like yeah. it's a. Uh, I don't know. You know, like you you go through the course of a day or a week or a month or so, and obviously things are stressful. So it's kind of it's fun to be able to just go play the songs because you can just like, I don't know, uh, act in cert- act in a way that you're not going to be able to act in any of the context. <laughs> that's and, that's true. Know, get all get all get all your little energy out, and then chill afterwards with your friends. So that's that's always fun. So yeah, I, I just like playing. I mean, yeah, I'm straight up. That's that's the best part to me. Okay, and then to go to build off of that, like what, what, what do you think drew you in to this to to hardcore? Like, what, why? What brought you in, and what keeps you here? Uh, just the just the actual music itself. You know, I know that might sound kind of corny, but um, when I was real young, I was like nine, I think, and. My friends, uh, my friend from school, his older brother, like you know, made like a tape of the Crow soundtrack, yeah, and uh, gave it to my friend, and my friend just gave it to me, and it and it and it just said the Crow soundtrack on the tape. There's nothing else. I had no information about anything, so I just take it home, and I'm like listening to it, and uh, I didn't know what any of the songs were or anything, and then um, it was Pantera doing like a Poison Idea the badge, cover yeah. of that song, the badge, yeah. yeah. But see, I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know that the clips were from Taxi Driver. I didn't, I didn't know. I thought it was all just from the crow. I didn't know what. I, I had no idea, dude. I was just like a child. I know? didn't know any of that until and, right um, now. Yeah. So so anyway, so they're going super fast, and then like that part drops out, and I think Phil and Simmel screams like, you know, you want to see a riot, and he just yells riot, and then he goes into this fast riff, and dude, all the hair on my arm just like stood up. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? This is the craziest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. And um, I would say since then, even to this point today, it's like, that's just, I just like chasing that shit. You know, I like just finding bands, even if they're not like 
you know, super heavy, whatever, just stuff that makes you feel some shit. So, you know, if you're at the show and you just, you're watching a band play and they're kicking ass, that's, that's my favorite part. That's really cool. And I really like that answer. Cause the one thing I, well, first of all, I totally, I totally agree that it's that I mean, personally, especially, for me, it's too, really about the music, at, especially at a hardcore show, especially if the drummer is just absolutely just, just murdering it, like just bodying everybody. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. they're, they're just so in the pocket when they're playing fast or maybe they've got like real powerful fills or just whatever, you know, when the, when the drummer's just killing it, man, like it makes me so happy. Like I just love just sitting there watching it and be like, dude, this dude is fucking holding it down right now. You know what I mean? No, that's, uh, that's great. No, I genuinely, I, I feel this, I feel the same way. Um, and I think like, I'll you, tell you uh, this is, I'll use this as an example. Yeah, go ahead. The first time I ever saw, the first time I ever saw Queensway, yeah. I had never really listened to him that much. But they played in Memphis a couple of years ago, and I was watching them, and I was like, "God damn, these these kids, these these younger folks, man, they're like so in the pocket with each other, and they had so much rhythm. It was it was so fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't help it. Like if you were if you had a pulse, you were going to be like rocking with these guys. You know what I mean? And uh, that that's the that's the best shit. Like when you don't even know what the fuck it is, and you're just like, hell yeah, this is like right now, nothing else matters. This is the best shit going. That, that that that's well that's that's how I felt about Dead City. That's what we, to go back to what I was saying before. That's when I saw Dead City that first time. That's the way I felt about them. There, that was like holy shit. It was again a band I didn't I never had heard of. N- didn't know I was going to see that day and was just totally into it. Yeah, so I, so I get you there and little uh, Queensway story. So I don't think I don't think I actually know any of those guys. They might be a little too young for me. I remember them starting as a band when I was living in Baltimore. But uh, their singer Patrick, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's on this record. Um, he, uh, <laughs> all right, no, so okay, so we all used to uh, like everybody in Baltimore used to help with uh, with A three eight nine records. Used to help Dom with A three eight nine records. You go over to his to his uh, warehouse and and pack, uh, pack, help him pack records, whatever you know. And uh, one night I get a picture from him. It's it's uh, Patrick, who I didn't know at all at the time. Who I don't think anybody knew at the time. I don't think he was even in Queensway at the time. He was just this young kid, young fat. He was a fat kid back then, and he's wearing and he's there's a picture of him because he's wearing one of my sweatshirts that I had left there, and I think that was supposed to be the joke is that he's wearing my clothes. I, I don't I don't remember exactly, but every time I see him now, I always go up to him, and uh, and I don't think he remembers who I am either. But I go up to him and I really aggressively. Ask him where my sweatshirt is, and then, <laughs> and then every time I re-explain the story of well, one time back when you, <laughs> and it's it's got to be the worst. It's got to be so like painful for him to have to go through this every time. But I do it anyway. And if he ever hears this, I'm going to do it again. And I, especially now that he's that Queensway has become a very good band, and uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's my Queensway anecdote. They're like, uh-oh, here comes Dan. <laughs> you better get ready. <laughs> Explain yourself. That's a sweatshirt again. This bench press sweatshirt. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, man, bench press fucking kicks ass. Man. They we, do. We man. played with them. That was one of the, like, our first year or so of playing with shows. We played uh, we played with bench press one time, and then we played with bench press and vice another time. Yeah, bench press is a shit, man. They're, 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 I thought they were a, a severely underrated band. They, they did funny shit too. Like they, they sent me a sweatshirt once that was just inside out, printed inside out, and they called it Prison Fit. 
And I thought that was silly. Yeah, it was the crew, it was yeah. the, the, the crew neck, right? Yeah, yeah, it was so stupid. Yeah, I, but, had, I had one yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But good idea anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of stupid ideas, um, this is the last thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, okay. The, okay. So, so one morning I woke up and I checked on Instagram and I see that there's this video of you talking uh, some, shit oh, about, some, some, some shit about Nazis on your page. What happened? Tell me the story. Dude, this is the strangest shit, man. I just woke up one, like, literally. I just woke up one day, and I looked at the Instagram. I think it was from Memphis Underworld. And uh, it just said, White Progress 88. And as soon as I saw the 88 thing, I, obviously, White Progress by itself is already, like, a little bit like, huh, what's, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then when the 88 thing was at the end, I was like, oh, God. It so might as well was, be an exclamation point. Well, it got way worse. I was like, I don't even want to click on this, man. So, fuck it. Okay, so I clicked on it. And uh, the little, like, profile popped up. And I think they had, like, one picture. And underneath the picture on the top left, like, the profile pic, it had, like, the two lightning bolt emojis, you know, like, for, like, the yeah, yeah, lightning SS, bolts. Yeah. Which, which, this is already absurd enough because I'm looking at, like, emojis that are being used <laughs> to, like, signal that you're a Nazi. Like, you know what I mean? This is the superior race. Yeah. So, so then underneath that, it's, like, pagan, pro-life pro-white and i'm like oh, oh god <laughs> and then I, I looked at the i looked at the picture and the picture was like the death's head yeah uh with like a cowboy hat and then it was inside of like a sun wheel with like some ak-47s above it and i was just like oh no oh, oh god like if i i was like if i crack the door open for one of these fucking idiots the next thing i know there's gonna be like five of them there's gonna be like nine of them there's gonna be like 13 of them like i was like oh my god so I, I went to the dentist, <laughs> like I came home, and I, I needed to get to work. And I was like, dude, I really don't feel like typing out a bunch of shit about what to explain to tell whoever this is and anybody else just to go away, you know? And then I was like, well, I'm not going to post a meme. That's not really my style. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to record a video. And I am not the type to record videos. I know I said that on the video, but I really <laughs> mean it. It's just not my thing, man. Right. I don't like fucking, you know, live streaming my fucking thoughts on the, on the social media. But I was like, the easiest thing I can do right now is just to tell whoever posted this or whoever that was just to go fuck off. Cause that's, that's how I feel at the moment. So. Well, I thought it was great. And I saw a lot of, a lot of other people did too. So, uh, so I think the message was well received. I hope so. At least I hope the guy isn't following you anymore. But <laughs> yeah, man, like if you, you know, like the, the like if you were a, a more progressive or conservative person, you got some differing opinions. I'm down to sit down and talk to you. We can discuss whatever you want to talk about: taxes and the economy, uh, social programs, whatever. Right. But when you get into like straight up Nazi, you've got lightning bolts and 88s and machine guns and shit. Like, no, sir. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? it's get too far away from yeah. it. <laughs> like, I'm your fucking enemy. Let's make it clear. Cause like, you know, my family's integrated. So for real, just fuck off, man. Like <laughs> I'm not, I, I didn't used to be this extreme about it, but it's just like, I'm not even talking to you. Like for real, there's no, I, I'm not going to be able to convince you to change your mind. I don't believe. So just stay away from me, please. Nah, I think it's fair. And I think, uh, well, without getting, going down this rabbit hole, I think now might be the time, you know, just to make oh, it clear. a hell of a rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but shit, well, shit, before we go down there, we've already been doing this for about an hour, Brandon. Thank you for taking the time. I'm glad we did finally get together and do this. Um, I appreciate you taking the, taking the time to talk. Anytime, man. 
shout out to Stan from Terminal Nation, man. The dude's always hot. Oh, yes, yeah, Stan's another you know, good one. Posting all this stuff all the time. So I, I know this isn't going to air until December, but I'm going to Little Rock this weekend for like a Mutant of the Monster pop up thing. It's uh, Terminal Nation, Paul Bear, Smokem, Preserving Dirt Naps. There's like a bunch of vendors. I so saw that. You know, that's, people that's... Are just setting up and just selling some merch. That's a very cool thing, and you know, we actually, you know, let's let's keep this going here for like five more minutes because uh, sure. because I wanted to. There was a thing I wanted to ask you about how the uh, shit. How would I, I want to say the, the 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 way you guys? Maybe it's you. Maybe it's all of you. I don't know. That seem to really embrace the DIY ethos of uh, of hardcore punk rock. What you're doing? Where you're making these shirts? You're selling them here. You're doing these pop ups. Like, uh, is that something you've always done, or is this something that's uh, kind of covid motivated the pop-up stuff has been strictly covid motivated because I'd, i've never i've never set up outside of uh like a show to yeah, sell yeah. stuff before but i'm trying to think man the the first one that i ever did in memphis was at the end of september and you know i i try to be like very conscious of just you know like what's safe what's dangerous i'm not trying to like compromise anybody's situation by me doing something whatever like let's just try to be informed right and uh i was i was driving down the street through my neighborhood and somebody was having a garage sale and i don't know i don't i don't really remember a lot of the details but i don't think people were like super stressed out about standing near each other at the garage sale in the middle of the day mm-hmm. so i i just thought to myself well fuck it I, we should just sell some shirts because i you know we 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 had ideas in the tank that we didn't get to finish due to everything that's been going on little things here or there so for me to be able to complete idea number three, I've got to sell some of this stuff down to get some money so I can flip it into that idea and then so on and so forth. Cause that's really just what I've been doing. What we've been doing collectively as a band since we started, you know, just like get enough money together to do something, make a little bit of money off selling some shirts or the CDs or whatever, then take that money and just flip it back into the next thing. So, you know, even for this, uh, pop-up thing I'm doing this weekend, trying to show up with some with some hoodies and some merch that I haven't had available anywhere, just to have it for this. I, right. I just part of it part of it is COVID, and part of it, well, I guess all of it's COVID because my motivation to do this is just being bored during COVID. You know, <laughs> just yeah. because I'm like I just I'm just trying to find things for me for myself to do. Well, fuck it, that's that's as perfect as an answer it can be, uh, and uh, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm glad you do it. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see you doing it because I feel like some bands don't know what to do, and they're kind of sitting on their hands. Some people are just recording. Some people are writing. Some people are taking. Some people are taking full advantage, but others are just doing shit. Do you know who? Do you know who Crunchy Black is? No. Uh, well, he's he's a rapper from Memphis, but he was in Three Six, and and he he's talking about like you know, uh, swinging drugs and shit, but yeah. He'll say, uh, he'll say, get it how you live and don't live at all. You know what I mean? But it's just like with the, with the band stuff, it's like, if no one's going to come help us, you know what I mean? Like you just got, you got to go, you just got to go do it yourself, man. I think that's probably the coolest thing you can take away, uh, from all this type of shit. Even if it was like hip hop culture, people that are into graffiti and joking or break dancing or any of that kind of stuff is like, you know, you need yourself. And, and some motivation and you, and you put that together and just go get it and just don't stop it, and most of the time it'll work out even if it blows up in your face you just just keep going well shit Brand, i think that's the best way we could end this one 
<laughs> yeah, don't worry. Sir. I think I think you got a you got a career in motivational speaking as well. You, you got to look into that. That's not it's a COVID COVID uh, COVID project for you there as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Y'all sign up <laughs> sign up for my email list. You get you get a message, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Hey, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, no worries, man. Appreciate it. Yep. Talk to you later. All right, later. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Brandon of Reserving Dirt Naps. That song you just heard was Under Siege, also off there, another Disaster 7-inch, which we talked about at length so far. So you should know what the fuck I'm talking about by now. Make sure you go buy it for more records. I need to do the same. Don't worry. I'm not hassling you. I'm reminding myself. I enjoyed that conversation with Brandon. It's always nice talking to people that you know you have mutual friends with, uh, and then you can kind of see by the way you get along why you have mutual friends, if that makes sense to you. And if it doesn't, I'm not explaining it. What do I look like? A college professor or something? There should have been a joke there. I just didn't have one ready. Speaking of jokes, I used to be really good at jokes, right? Uh, At least I thought so. And a few other people thought so too, because they voted me class clown when I was in high school. And in my class clown picture... Uh, for the senior yearbook or for the everybody's yearbook, I uh, made sure to be wearing my 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 coveted Shai Halud sweatshirt. So I was 18 years old, maybe 17, depending on what time of year they took the picture, standing on top of the of Dover Area High School uh, front lawn sign, whatever the fuck that's called, marquee, uh, in my Shai Halud sweatshirt. 
And why is that relevant, you might ask? Well, because on the next episode of Getting It Out Podcast, episode 151, I am joined by the guitarist Matt Fox of Shy Halud, one of my favorite hardcore bands of all time. That's true. That's a real thing. And uh, I love that band. I still do. When I listen to those records, it really does. Uh, they really do uh, speak to me in a in a unique way. I say it all the time when I talk about Shy Halud. I say unique a lot, but it's true. Very different band for hardcore and uh, for any. I guess for any genre, for every genre, they're very different. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. I like them a lot. Okay, so it was a pleasure to talk to Matt, and uh, you can hear that on next week's episode of Getting It Out podcast. But that's gonna be it for this one. But before we go, and while we're on the subject of hardcore, and we talked a little old, we talked a little new, we talked a little in between, let's play a song from some uh, Getting It Out podcast alumni. How about the new track from Cleveland's In Cold Blood coming out on Upstate Records? I don't know if we're looking at a new record here in the new, near future, or a new 7-inch, or what's going on, but uh, this song, This Has to End, is pretty damn cool, and I thought it'd be a great way to end this episode. So thank you for listening. Check out In Cold Blood. Listen to Reserving Dirt Naps, and of course, be into terror. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 